Oh, hell. I'm Dolores Schwab. I'm an artist and a writer. I have raised and trained handicapped children, and uh, over the years we had around 54, but not all at the same time, thank heavens. <laughs> it was only 12 at a time. I'm one of those people that just has a hard time saying can't. My husband and I, we were living in a little place in Pennsylvania, building our own little spot, and uh, my mother ran a uh, home for severely handicapped children whose prognosis was downhill. And she had cancer and asked if somebody could come and help her. Well, I of her four daughters was the one that came. After a year, my husband followed me, and we decided we would take children and help them make their own lives to be as whole as they possibly could. We helped autistic children, deaf children, taught them all to swim, taught them all to laugh, more birthday parties than you can imagine. None of my children went to any institutions. They all went out into the public or back to their families. I thought, these poor little children are so damaged, the only thing to do is do something for them. They gave these children something that they had up to this point never had and that was an upbeat life rather than gloom and doom. She was uh, three and a half years old when she, this little girl came to us. This was the beginning, the first child that I took on. She was an absolute perfect little specimen of a three and a half year old child. Every little hair was in place. She was just a dream child. They plopped her down on my doorstep and told me that she was autistic. I'd never heard the word before. The case manager said she's perfectly potty trained. She has very good table manners, but she does not talk. So I said, okay. And when she left, the little child began to cry. And as a mother, my thought was to reach out and comfort her. When I did this, she screamed. I mean, like I was touching her with a torch. I backed off very carefully, and I backed as far away from her as I could, and as I backed away, she calmed down. She was very cautious after that. I couldn't think of anything to do but sit down in a rocking chair, and as I rocked, she began to get more and more quiet. So I thought, okay, let's hum. So I hummed soft little tune for her, and she looked up at me through her hands, and I... Uh, got up and started walking toward the kitchen. She followed me. She followed me everywhere I went as long as I hummed. I found that if I kept my voice to a very soft whisper, she was very responsive. She never looked directly at you. She only looked at her own hands. And if she did look toward you, she looked through her fingers like she was looking through a window. It was almost like uh, the joy was painful to her. I'd pull the little socks off and I would throw them in the air like I was playing a game. And I would say, wee, you know. And when I did that, she would look up. And it was the only time throughout the day that she actually looked at me. But that was the way I could begin to connect her with me. I wanted her to learn that I was a mama and she was a child. And so I got all kinds of books with pictures of mother animals and, and child animals. And I would point to the little child and I would say, this is a baby and this is a mama. And 
the mama loves the baby, and I would take my arms and I would put them around her, but not touching her, just in a circle. And then I would go to another, and she got so that she would put her arms out, so she was learning to reach out for me. In anything we do in life, if we begin to uh, realize that we're making some progress where progress has not been made, it becomes a joy within ourselves. She was a joy from the very beginning. We could see she was getting better and better. I can remember one instance we were trying to get words to come, and she came up to her dad, and she put one finger up in front of his face, and she said, I, followed by the second finger, want, the third finger, two, the fourth finger, eat, the fifth finger, please. I want to eat, please, just as plain and well enunciated as any little seven-year-old could. And he just bought emptied the cupboard. He was so excited. But one thing about working with children of this nature is you never anticipate what the next big, wonderful thing is going to be. You just accept just one minute little step at a time, and that's all you're asking for. And you just keep going and going. And you take them as far as they can go, and you don't look for uh, any miracles. They don't happen. She's 50 years old. Yes, we made it all the way. She will never be independent. She's a danger to herself. She will drink anything in a plastic or glass bottle that is inappropriate. I've had her at the um, hospital several times after she drank rubbing alcohol, her hairspray, Tylenol. She um, is a runner. If she uh, decides she wants to go, she would run down the street toward where she wants to go. Your daughter's sitting quietly in the back seat, and all of a sudden you stop at a stop sign, and there she is going back down the highway against traffic toward Costco to get her straw. I was never so frightened in my life. And I'm telling you, I am 84 years old, but I found out that I can still run. At the next stop, she did it again, right on the main freeway. We ran her down three times that day. When you go through things like this, you're always on the alert. You never know when something bad is going to happen. That's life. That's the way it was. She is my daughter from beginning to end. I can never imagine not having her where I can talk to her, comfort her. It was, it was a different type of life, but it was, it was fun. A lot of laughter and a lot of tears and a lot of mending and uh, going forward. It's always got to be forward. Thank you, Dolores. We don't know how you've got so much love to go around, but we are glad that you do. That piece was produced by Stephanie Fu. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.